welcome to the gridiron show in association with touchdown trips getting you in the game and it's our week 13 14 i don't even know what week of the season is anymore pretty sure it's the week 13 preview show uh, coming up for you a whole 16 games to talk about including looking back on the cowboys shock win on thursday night and previewing all of the weekend's games this is the gridiron show Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you in the game. Uh, Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter, and what a treat to have Simon Clancy on the line as well. Hey, Clance. Hey, dude. How's Not it going? Not much of a treat. I'm on pretty much every week now. Oh, I don't know. You weren't on earlier this week, so this is a treat. Or any oh, of last week, pretty much either. Basically, beautiful. you've not been on at all recently. You sly foxes. I can't, I can't believe you're outing him like that. That's out of order. No, I was I, on with it, Ollie the other day. Yeah. It's because yeah. I miss him. That's, That's a great point. He was on with you the other day when <laughs> we were having all sorts of technical problems, but we got it sorted. It was a beautiful thing. Figuring out why my mic doesn't sound right because somebody's turned around the wrong way. There we go. Listen, I did the this intro is going to sound dreadful, but there we go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, good work. Good work. Uh, how you been, buddy, Simon? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah. Can't complain. Can't complain. Still uh, plugging away at your bloody diet. It's not a diet. It's a it's way not of a life. Diet. It's a lifestyle change. Yes, yeah. that one. That and one. It's not bloody. It's brilliant. I had the very is worst. This, are we doing is uh, the the people of the Gridiron Podcast world? Is this for them or? Is yeah, yeah. Abs- no, no. Absolutely. This is. Um, so I we're, just, we're my... essentially getting you from from offensive tackle down to wide receiver my i don't know about wide receiver maybe fullback Um, (laughs) i'll take fullback my um my plan is is that i'm gonna tell literally everybody (laughs) i know about it much to the chagrin of my wife uh and that way i've got a support network so that if at any point i decide to you know Mm -hmm. have a beer someone will say no is not going to happen what are you doing that's not gonna happen does it count if you have 15 slimline gin and tonics i mean that's that okay that's, that's not a good thing but it's better it's than having 15 beers and it's not going to happen anymore it's happened twice but <laughs> okay. it's not going to happen anymore William. <laughs> um they were two pre-planned occasions and there was some thought i probably shouldn't yeah. have started until that's after fine. those occasions but i did and it's fine um yeah uh, the other thing is we went to the cinema this week uh, on wednesday friday now yeah um, what did you see well we went to see molly's game because it oh, was any good one of those cine world preview screenings but one of the ones where like they don't tell you what the film's going to be in advance you just know it's going to be a 15 so i was hoping it was going to be shape of water which is what i really want to see but right. uh basically if you're a jessica chastain fan you'll enjoy it yep. which i am and i did but she is a lot of the film is she um her and idris elba have a nice little sparky relationship it goes on a little long it was good but the problem of re the diet was not only is it horrendous being around people with you know vats of popcorn and everything else but as we arrived at this screening there was a thing when you booked your ticket that says you get a free small pack of sweets i'm like that's fine i'm not going to eat those instead they handed us an entire large bar of galaxy salted caramel chocolate I'm like, why is this hope you binned it I, I didn't. I gave it to Sarah to give to somebody at work. I'm not Good. going to throw away food. I'm, I'm not a disgrace. Good man. But I, I did not eat it. Without wanting to turn this into a film podcast, can I just say that The Florida Project is one of the best films I've seen all year. It's great. It's, uh, what, it's, a, it's a pretty much borderline masterpiece. Wow. That, I mean, those are, are strong words. I enjoyed I, it. But I wow. also saw Battle of the Sexes last night. Uh, which I saw this week as well. Not for me, Clive. Oh, really? I mean... No, I, I mean, love Emma Stone. Steve Carell's great. I think you're coming. I think you're coming at it as a as a sports movie no, fan. I that's my, I think that. that's the problem. No. I think I think you're approaching it. I really really liked it. I um. Well, well why can't he just have a different opinion? No, I'm saying that it, like, it's the difference. It's a different style. What? Ollie, don't get involved. I'm turning your mic down. You've been nothing but trouble recently. Uh, getting me into wound up arguments with Matt Sherry, which you start when we're on the podcast and then he continues on WhatsApp and phone calls and elsewhere. You no, your mic's off. Your mic's off. Um, yeah, I, I know I really enjoyed it. But I mean, liking Emma Stone and Steve Carell made a big difference. But yes. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I could sit. We could sit here and literally do a twenty-minute deconstruction of both these films, but we're not going to do that. But we could. don't. They do that on a different podcast that well, you're, you're very of, aware of. 
Mr. Commode and Mr. Mayor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Great guys. I've started absolutely. listening to the Truth and Movies podcast. Oh, nice. Which is uh, James Richardson, which was the reason I went to the podcast. Uh, and it's basically like when he used to you do the Guardian the football. The why I arrived at what, oh, okay, listening okay, to that okay, particular okay. podcast. He was the one that drew me in. He was the big name at the top of the marquee that brought me into that podcast. But it's great. Well worth a listen. Anyway. Uh, anyway, Ollie, how are you, mate? I love films, by the way. Your mic's back on, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I love the, movies. The red light above it makes uh, gives it away. I also love movies. I just haven't had the time to, to watch any, Simon. So that's upsetting for me. Twice a week, I try and go. Oh, that's great. Isn't it? It's are, a beautiful thing. Are you still coming to watch Star Wars with us on the 14th of December, Ollie? Because I did text you to remind you to book it off, and I bet you forgot. I ain't going to pull a sickie. <laughs> Do you not like Star Wars, Ollie? I love Star Wars. Oh, yeah, no, but I will be. I will be pulling a sickie to go to that. Oh, is Simon Clancy not a fan? Nope. Oh, maybe his mic's going down instead. <laughs> Jeez, uh, you having the power of the microphones is the worst idea that's ever happened. Should we talk about some football let's instead? Let's talk about football. Uh, let's talk about Thursday night football. Oh, do we where yeah, okay. didn't see it. Well, the Dallas Cowboys pulled out a 38-14 to win over Washington on Thursday night football, much to the chagrin of everyone who picked Washington sensibly in every way, shape and format on their gridiron pick'ems, or maybe gambled on it in some way. Who would do or, that? Or, yeah, I know. I don't know. Or maybe people who took Alfred Morris out of their fancy lineups because he's been dreadful for three weeks. Yeah. I don't know. All of these people might be annoyed about this because Alfred Morris went for 125 yards and a touchdown. Dak Prescott only had to throw for it. I haven't got the exact stats in front of me because I can't get the browser working on this computer. 102. 102 yards, but two touchdowns as well as they managed to capitalize on turnovers, short field, and some big kick returns. Uh, but yeah, by the way, uh, the, the guy who returns the kicks for them, whose name I keep confusing Ryan with a former Switzer. Yeah, head coach of theirs. Wow. He's had, a, he's had three Barry. or four big returns recently. Yeah. And, he's a good player. Good player. Yeah, very elusive. But this was the definition. It's one of those weird things where they did not have to particularly perform well and managed to somehow come out with a really dominant-looking victory. Um, the best player on the field last night in this win was Kirk Cousins. That sounds absolutely crazy, considering he threw through two inceptions and lost a fumble as well. But nobody is helping that man in any way, shape or form. Right. Two big drops from Josh Doxon, two big drops from um, uh, from Jamison Crowder, one of which went in and out of his hands and was caught for an interception at a point where they would have been taking a touchdown lead because it was practically on the goal line. Uh, Samaje P. Ryan was fine, but if he doesn't have that outlet of Chris Thompson as well, no Jordan Reed. The offensive line again had players going out of it during the game. Uh, Trent Williams missed uh, about a series and a half with an injury. The right tackle went out in the first half and never came back. Are you doing play-by-play commentary? I'm not, but I'm just it going through like all of, like I'm going through all the issues that Washington had last night and yet still Kirk Cousins showed great toughness in the pocket, showed excellent accuracy. I think he actually did nothing but elevated his potential for next season. Where do you think he'll be next season? I still think he'll probably be in Washington. Now do you think that's because of the Jimmy Garoppolo trade? I, I think that has a big part of it, but also I think the fact that... Um, I just think the fact that they can't let him go. And I know that it's going to cost them £30 million if they franchise tag him again, and that seems absolutely nuts. But I think Cleveland might pony up and just... Uh, and and Cousins might just feel that the way they've treated him over the last couple of seasons and you know okay they they treated him badly to the tune of 20 million a year but in terms of the way that the long term you know we need to see more we need to see more we need to see more well you know you've seen a lot he's better than you know 16 18 of the quarterbacks in the league you know just just sign him up i think if Cleveland do, don't do anything rash in this offseason and keep the front office and the coaching staff around. Because despite the fact that they're still winless again this year, I think it's a more talented team than they had a year ago. I do think they're going in the right direction, even though it's very slowly in the right direction. And yes, if they keep Hugh Jackson and Sashi Brown and everyone around, then next year they need to win four or five games and really prove that it's going in the right direction. But if they don't, if they don't do anything rash then i could potentially see hugh jackson saying right we need to make a big move we need to do something splashy but i mean simon you know better than any of us they're going to be picking to uh, at the very top of this upcoming draft yeah there's two or three quarterbacks who you could make the case for them taking and it's not interesting to hear the case of them take f- taking five quarterbacks really i mean you know depending on how you view it there are potentially five top 12 quarterbacks in this draft depending on who comes out. I don't think they'll take Lamar Jackson because they've no, gone down not. the road of a scrambling mobile quarterback in 
RG3. So I, th- yeah. I don't think they'll go down that road again. But yeah, you're right. The yeah, other they, three or know, four, yeah. If Darnold comes out, do you take him or do you, are you disappointed by how he's played this season? Does the kind of the elongated wind up worry you? Josh Rosen, you know, has had a strong season. Where does Baker Mayfield fit in all this? You know, does he, you know, people are talking about his height. Well, you know, he's probably 6'1", 6'2". People are talking about his arm strength. Well, he's pretty, pretty damn strong. People talk a little bit about the off-field things and whether or not he's reminiscent of Johnny Manziel and it's a lazy comparison. You know, does he end up in the, you know, people are talking about top of the second round. All of a sudden, he's the top 50. You know, he's going to go in the top 10. He really is. You know, what about Josh Allen, the biggest arm of them all? He's so raw. But then does that mean you can develop him behind Deshaun Kaiser? And if Kaiser turns into something, you can trade Allen like people have, you know, it's happened with Garoppolo and the mm. and the, the Patriots. So plenty of things to chew over. Or do they just stick with Kaiser and draft a Saquon Barkley? It's, uh, you know, fascinating I, they can They have to take a quarterback this year. I think when they see what they've missed out on in Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson and, to a lesser extent, Jared Goff, and I just think they can't do it again. They, they can't keep trying to push the idea that they don't need to draft a franchise quarterback. I, I, then maybe they take a Kirk Cousins and develop Kaiser in behind him so that in two or three years' time, Kaiser becomes, you know, he's had the time to get his feet under. He's, he's behind a quarterback like a Cousins who's, you know, a real thinker. You know, there's the great uh, Sports Illustrated piece this week about all the different coaches, the life coach and the mental coach and the physical coach, all these things that, you know, that can help Kaiser develop. That You know, he sees Cousins with all these different varieties of individual helping him to become the best quarterback he can be. And in three or four years' time, he then becomes the guy, or again, you have a Garoppolo type situation where you know you've got a battle-tested kid who's got some real ability. He's finally ready physically, mentally to to you know to be a, somebody that you can deal for us for a second-round pick. He becomes that kind of Garoppolo type. He becomes that kind of backup quarterback that some teams will, will you know the AJ McCarron type. Is there any school know. of thought that he could end up? In the AFC East, New York Jets or Buffalo Bills? Oh, potentially. I mean, clearly there's a, you know, whatever you think of, whatever you think of Tyrod Taylor, clearly there's an issue yeah. in Buffalo because they wouldn't have brought Nate Peterman in if they didn't think that they were looking for next, you know, towards next year. So clearly that administration in Buffalo does not believe that Tyrod Taylor is the answer because otherwise why would you start Peterman? I mean, that makes absolutely no sense. Surely what they were looking at was looking at whether or not Peterman had something where next year he could step up and be the man because they clearly didn't believe that. Taylor was the man. <laughs> I don't know what you were doing there, but Somebody we came in. No, it's all right. The door opened, and it was just like, oh, oh who's there? unbelievable! What a disgrace! Incredible. Um, all right, let's should we start to look forward to the weekend games then? Because uh, there's lots for us to get our teeth into. Uh, a full first week without buys, where we haven't also had Thanksgiving to save us. So, so many games to talk about. And while Simon's on the line, Ollie, I want to try and get through two or three of the big ones. Starting, oh, yeah, starting off with. The city we were in just a couple of weeks ago were the Minnesota Vikings, but their seven-game winning streak on the line in Atlanta against the Falcons. Uh, Devonta Freeman will be back for the Falcons this weekend, so they're going to have their one-two punch leading the line. Um, and they unbelievable offensively last week against the uh, against the Buccaneers, but it's that Minnesota Vikings defense going in and if it's somebody that's going to shut them down you thought that could be them Simon Clancy yeah absolutely I think it's a really good game especially the way the Falcons have sort of bounced back a little bit and you know obviously they destroyed a fairly average Tampa Bay team last week but you know Steve Sarkeesian looks to have found his rhythm a little bit you know it comes towards the back end of the season but they're still in the playoff hunt and uh, it should be a terrific game, it, and you kind of keep asking, how long is the Case Keenan bandwagon going to going to roll? And uh, you know, we've talked about this privately, but you, you kind of feel a bit nervous about Keenum in terms of you know he's obviously playing the best football of his career, but it always feels like he's one interception away from Teddy Bridgewater, he's one interception away from Sam Bradford, and you know he's not quite being given the chance that his performances. Uh, and let's you know let's not beat about the bush. He's played at a Pro Bowl ish type level, you know, uh, and uh, and significantly outkicked his coverage in terms of previous year's performances. Uh, and I think the thing for me is he's he's NFC Offensive Player of the Month for last yeah, month. Absolutely, and deservedly so. Would Teddy Bridgewater? Is there anything about his ceiling that makes you think that he's the kind of player who would ever be NFC yeah, Offensive liked, Player liked, of the Month? I liked him at Louisville, and I liked him in his first season at Minnesota, and then they sort of clamped down on him and and took away from his game. Some of the things that, you know, his ability to, to, to move around the pocket, his ability to make plays with his feet. And they sort of made him a sort of a short area pocket passer, which really he wasn't at Louisville. And I can certainly remember that when the Vikings came down to the, to Miami at the back end of his first season and he played lights out and won the game essentially single-handedly. And he thought, crikey, this is a quarterback who could really, you know, take a step on and, uh, you know, because he's got a good arm. But uh, And then all of a sudden the, the following season they tried to sort of 
contain him and keep him in a box and just let him do, you know, the short intermediate stuff that, and he thought, why would you not let him be as expansive as he was the previous season? So he certainly got it in his locker. Whether or not they want him to to let him do that is another story. But they've certainly let Keenum do that. So, but you know, he's the hot hand at the moment. So why wouldn't you ride that? And that Vikings team is really, really good. And you know, a couple of those internal battles, Eric Kendricks, you know, against Devontae Freeman will be terrific. Julio Jones against Xavier Rhodes. Some of those kind of game within the game stuff that we all love. It's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. Thielen against uh, Lef- yeah, absolutely. Um, Desmond Trufant. Des- well. Trufant yeah. Although Desmond Trufant, concussion last weekend, still absolutely. didn't practice Wednesday. Really? So chance that he may be missing this weekend. Uh, Ollie, how are you seeing? Because this week is amazing, actually, in terms of there are four or five really great games, marquee games. But actually, I think it's the hardest week to pick from this season so far. There's so many tight games, so many games which could go either way. But this really embodies that for me. Yeah, because the 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 Falcons' offense is finally starting to get something going. They're starting to uh, put into practice the things that Steve Sarkeesian is laying down on top of what Kyle Shanahan had developed the year before. They're starting to click, and it seems a long time ago that everyone was saying that Sarkeesian was the worst thing that's ever happened to the Atlanta Falcons' offense. And then couple that with how great the Minnesota Vikings' defense is playing. I love Harrison Smith back there just balling it and being everywhere and and doing Harrison Smith things. So it is a really, really tough game to call. I think I'm probably going to go home win with the Falcons. Uh, It'd be great if it's a a full Mercedes-Benz arena. And it wasn't when we went there, which I thought was a a real disappointment. And it was really shocking. But the the, the Vikings coming in, you'd expect the Falcons to... Three-game win streak as well. Back into, you know, they're going to tie up if they win this weekend with the second-place team in the NFC South, considering one of the upcoming games we're going to talk about, uh, unless that runs into a tie, of course. So it's one of those. uh, It won't be probably pissing it down with rain like it was when we were there. There's lots of reasons to be positive. I'm just about shading the Vikings based on their defence, but... You know, I actually also wouldn't be that surprised if the Falcons come out and win by 14 because that's just how this season's been mm. for those teams at the top end of the NFC. Don't get splinters sitting on that fence, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going Falcons. Yeah. I'm going Vikings. There All we right. go. There we go. Although, um, one, one other thing. It's a very interesting one in terms of the Aaron Rodgers debate because if the Vikings yeah. lose, the, the Packers have got, despite having lost last week, the Packers have then got Cleveland and Tampa the next couple of weeks. And then with Rogers back practicing pretty much, or at least rumours are he's going to practice Saturday, Friday, did, tomorrow. Did you see him throwing before the Steelers <laughs> yeah, game? We talked about shot. this earlier this week, yeah. but I just his release and his arm strength for a guy who broke his collarbone like five weeks ago but is insane. But the rumours are he's going to practice tomorrow. If that's the case, I mean, two weeks' time, those final three games that they, they need to win, Carolina, can't remember who the other one is, and then Minnesota, the final game of the season... You know what price Lions. It's that's the, it. Yeah, what price him being back for those three games, having coming off a two-game win streak, having beaten um, Tampa and Cleveland, and getting themselves to what would be, what would it, what would they be then eight and seven five, six. seven and six in that situation? You suddenly think, okay, okay. You're telling me there's a chance. They're telling you there's a chance. Um, what what about that game? Because I was going to move on and talk about some of the other kind of quote unquote marquee matchups this weekend, but. Uh, the the Bucks Packers game. What we saw of Hundley last week, Ollie, was three or four big plays. But also, I thought right up and the the final drive of the game, where he really put something together, which actually was much more of a methodical, well put together. You know, actually making short strikes, intermediate throws, throwing with accuracy, as if his confidence had been picked up because mm. of those big throws. Plus, Tampa Bay have been awful this year. You you must at least have a little bit of a little bit of thought in your mind that this is a home win this weekend. Well, a lot of thought. I've got them as favourites, oh. big favourites, and I think they will win. Uh, it's strange that oh. it's strange that you what you say about putting together a, a, a drive. I think Mike McCarthy has done that in fits and spurts, and it's those. It's either at the beginning of the game or at the end of the game, and the stuff in the middle. He Mike McCarthy and uh, has really struggled with in 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 getting Brett Hundley really rolling apart from those big plays last week against the Steelers. And I think that obviously has given Hundley a lot of uh, confidence. Couple the fact that uh, Montgomery could be back. Jamal Williams had a really great game last week and the defense played a, a little bit better. I mean, it's still not very good, but still played a bit better. 
the Buccaneers are terrible. And Ryan Fitzpatrick under under centre, you never know what can happen. Going away in the cold. Exactly. I, I've got uh, I've got Green Bay's favourites in Lambeau. I, I would. Can I just say, and this will have to be my final point, unfortunately. Um, can I just say that um, I think Mike McCarthy cost Green Bay the victory last week yeah. against Pittsburgh from bad coaching, bad time management, bad coaching. That penultimate drive where he came out and Hundley threw three passes back to back to back after they were running the ball better and better and better, and also just thought there were three badly drawn up pass plays. Um, you know, short breaking out routes. Uh, which which just didn't work, and then the the time management issue at the end, which, which essentially led to that time management issue where they punted. You know, the Steelers got the ball back with forty seconds to play, and, and you know, okay, there's no accounting for the Antonio Bryant catch on the sideline, but nevertheless, you shouldn't give them the chance to do that to win that game. I just thought that the way McCarthy coached that game down the stretch was a you know was a really bad piece of coaching from a guy who has struggled away from Aaron Rodgers certainly this season. Totally agree. Simon Clancy, lovely to have you on just for even just for a little bit. Oh, You're always welcome, guys. sir. Lovely. See you soon. Love you, bye. Ta-ra. Bye. Sorry, boys, I've got to shoot. Something came up. No worries, dude. It's all right, no soon. worries. It's bye all good. Now. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> I, I love that he put that on the end as if he thought I was going to edit any of that out. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's why I coughed. <laughs> as long as he doesn't swear or anything, it makes my life way easier to not Clancy never swears. Have you noticed that? Yeah, like even in real life. Yeah. I, know, I don't know. He swears when he's referring to people. Like if there's someone oh, yeah, he doesn't yeah, like, yeah. he will say, and, and he'll go from never swearing to referring to people by some of the most horrendous nicknames you've ever heard anyone yeah, but use. That, I don't know whether that's swearing though, is it? It's just uh, bad names. I, I don't know. Some of the, sometimes some of the words he uses okay, okay, are pretty okay. horrendous. Um, just a point, Jameis Winston, I know we did the Fitzmagic drop, but Jameis Winston does return this weekend for the Buccaneers. But let's all whisper it. He's not been very good this year before injury. And how long will he stay in the game before he gets injured or throws a wobbly and wants to leave it? Ten touchdowns, six interceptions. He just has interceptions in his blood. I just, I'm not, I'm yet to see that he looks after the ball properly. Right, let's, let's keep it with the NFC and turn our attentions back to the big games. And this is, for me, the game of the week. In the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, the yeah. NFC South lead very much on the line. The Saints dropping their eight-game winning streak last week in Los Angeles. The Carolina Panthers coming in after that victory, albeit wobbly, over the New York Jets. Uh, this That's is victory, albeit uh, wobbly. <laughs> that was a little bit Danny <laughs> Kelly, wasn't it? Uh, coming into this one, you've totally thrown me now. Um, a little bit hot, but uh, but not not that hot. And it's two eight and three teams where actually, for me, either team could throw this away. And I'll start off by saying that what's not being talked about enough about the Saints last week is how. Their offense relied so heavily on Alvin Kamara, one big 71-yard play, and then he was all of their offense, basically, for that one offensive touchdown drive. I just think maybe back in their building, Michael Thomas so impressive two weeks ago, Mark Ingram so impressive over the last eight weeks as a whole, even if he didn't pick up and perform last week. I'm just about edging the Saints at home because Marshall Latimer should be back as well. Uh, If Marshall Latimer's back... I didn't know that before I picked them. Picked the Panthers on my uh, pick. But then Terran Armstead. But then Terran Armstead isn't yeah. probably going to be back. I don't know. It, it's such a tough one. They were beaten up and bullied uh, the, the the Saints last week against that Rams defense, and then because of the pressure on on um, the the. the the, the Saints' offense meant that they didn't get anything going. Then their defense couldn't really do anything. And you get against tired. The Rams. You get tired. The Rams, the, the the Panthers' defense is almost as good in different spots than the Rams' de- as as the Rams' defense. Their defensive tackles. Uh, it's been a couple of years since we've thought this, going back to their Super Bowl run. But Starla Tulele and K1 Short yeah. are back to playing like the best central defensive tackle pairing in the league in a four three system, which I know is a lot of caveats, but like they are back to being that kind of wrecking best. They're getting some play off the edges as well. Uh, their linebackers are obviously great. Luke Keekley had a, a, another great game last weekend, even uh, even though they were wobbly against the Jets. My problem well, is the touchdown Jets as well. You know that they didn't get their run game going at all. And if you don't get your run game going, and Cam Newton is throwing wobbly passes through the air like he did against the Jets, I just don't know if the Panthers can keep up with the Saints offensively, even if they're restrict even if they restrict the Saints to maybe 10 points less than they normally score at home I can't see the Panthers going and scoring 24 27 whatever it would take to win 
Yeah. Uh, I, I I picked the Panthers originally, and I've talked myself out of it over the last two days. I've st- I'm staying with the Panthers. I think it, it shows the mark of a good team when they're playing badly. They still come away with the results, especially away from home. Hashtag cliche alert. Yeah. Exactly. There's a, there was a, a couple of big ones in there, and uh, <laughs> but, a, couple, a couple of my favourite ones. I have to uh, say, no, mate. I mean, there's some good ones. They, yeah. If you're going to cliche it up, those are a couple that you'd you'd gladly go with. Hundred percent. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Thanks. But I've, I've I'm taking the Panthers. I like what they're Tight doing. Spiral balls. Exactly. I like what they're doing across that offense. I know they didn't get it quite going, but again, that uh, Jets front. Three front seven, maybe a, a very, very good, good against the run, and it, it's really no surprise that Jonathan Stewart didn't get much going. Christian McCaffrey still had a pretty good game, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm going to take the Panthers. I like the Panthers. Greg Olson probably still not back again after he re-injured his foot last week. Devin Funches didn't practice Wednesday, although is expected to be a go with that toe injury. Christian McCaffrey with his shoulder didn't practice Wednesday either, although also is expected to be a go. But all right, I'll take the Saints. They're just getting <laughs> no, a, a little bit dinked up, a little bit banged up, and uh, I am, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Saints at home. I'm gonna do it. Panthers I think for me. Panthers. They get back on. Even after last week, I said that I don't think the Saints are going to go. <laughs> they're going to go to the playoffs, or maybe not go to the playoffs, but not definitely not going to win the NFC South. So I'm all over the place with my predictions this week. If I predict every different outcome, then I've been right once, like a broken clock. So it's fine. It's what Matt Sherry does. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night football at 10-1 and 1 are in their bid for a 10th straight win as they travel to the clink to face the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks, these games you would have always thought of as being attritional, low scoring. I mean, it finished 27-15 last year. And in fact, the Seahawks have beaten Philadelphia each of the last three seasons. But since then, their positions in the NFC hierarchy have flipped over and... The Eagles go into this as strong favourites against Seattle. I don't think I saw enough out of Seattle in the win over San Francisco last week to suggest to me that suddenly they're back after the injury woes cost them a couple of home losses already. And Philadelphia just looks too strong to me. There's got to be a clink in the Eagles' armour. There has to be. You think so? But what is it? Um, I don't know what it is. I think it could be almost overconfidence. As uh, I think it was Chris Westling said, everything is going their way. Everything. And on the opposite side of the ball, nothing's going the opposition's way. And that can't continue. Your luck can't continue that long. I'm not saying it's all down to luck because they have been brilliant. Carson Wentz has been excellent. The running back quad triplet. It's not a quad triplet. The quadruple threat. The four-headed beast has been marshaled really, really well. I just think it can't carry on forever. And perhaps against the Seahawks... In a rowdy clink, I'm going to take the Seahawks because I, I, I just don't think it can continue carrying on that way throughout the season. No Cliff Averill means their pass rush looks absolutely dire. No Richard Sherman and they've been beaten on the outside. No Cam Chancellor. They can't play the cover three that they've been playing yep. the last four or five years and been so you. successful with, playing that one deep safety. So they end up dropping two safeties deep quite a lot of the time, which isn't the formation they're used to. If it wasn't for the brilliance of... Um, uh, of uh, <laughs> After I literally spent two days saying about how amazing he was online to somebody the other day. Earl Thomas? <laughs> Russell Wilson? Uh, you keep going. Keep going through Seahawks players. Um, Defensive? Jimmy was, Graham? No, I was just going to say the brilliance of their linebacking core, but specifically Bobby Wagner. I couldn't get KJ Wright out of my head for some reason. Specifically Bobby Wagner. Um, they, I think the 49ers had a really good chance of beating them. And actually, do you know what? If the 49ers had started Jimmy Garoppolo, just based on what we saw at the end of that oh, game... come on, mate. mate. <laughs> <laughs> You've got it. It's finally happened. Will's finally gone full 49ers. Let's get into hysteria. <laughs> oh, it's been a while. We haven't had the long one for ages. Yeah, that, that's a great one. A little treat for it's you. It's been about 18 months since you did anything positive about the 49ers. <laughs> but it's finally happened, guys. We haven't talked about the game at the Bears yet. <laughs> uh, the first time I might watch a 49ers game in the full three-hour version live. 
for a long time. Uh, yeah, I, I just think the Philadelphia Eagles offense is too high powered in Seattle. I don't think Carson Wentz doesn't look overwhelmed by seemingly anything. No, that's true. Uh, I, and their defense actually has everything it needs to do to deal with um, to deal with Russell Wilson's brilliance. So, uh, yeah, unless Russell Wilson literally rushes for 100 yards, throws for another 300, is unbelievable, then I can't see Seattle beating Philadelphia. I've got 25 games to make up on the Pick'em, the predictor <laughs> game on the Gridiron Hyper magazine. Uh, so I'm going for the Seahawks. Which, when Sherry's cheating every week, is going to make it way more difficult. Yeah. Uh, should we just uh, rattle through the rest of the playoff hopes, uh, playoff hopefuls in the NFC before we move to the AFC side of things? Yes. And then at the end, round up with some, uh, some poo sippers. Uh, the Cardinals getting another crack at the Los Angeles Rams, coming off... A good win last week over the Jags. The Jags might have thrown it away, but it was all around a good performance. They outgained the Jags, were much better on offense. I thought Blaine Gabbert had a pretty decent game, particularly in the first half. Good with his legs, made some good throws. Uh, I, it's, it comes back to exactly the same issue that I've just had with the Eagles-Seahawks uh, game. The injuries that the Cardinals do have are in the areas where the Rams are already already have strength. Uh, so I fancy the, the Rams to go in there and boat race the Cardinals. What I will, I do want to mention, the one player I do want to mention from uh, from Arizona, because this kind of comes down to an argument that Sherry and I had on uh, the podcast last year regarding the Calais Campbell trade and the decision to pay Chandler Jones but keep Calais Campbell around. Anyone watching this game, keep an eye on Chandler Jones. He leads the NFL in tackles for loss over the last two seasons. And this year is playing like an all-pro outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that he's not great scheme-wise, like uh, that he can go a bit freelancing and sometimes not stay in his lane and do what he's meant to do. But he makes big plays left, right and centre and has become a really interesting and really fun player to watch. Um, but yeah, I'm taking this Rams defence to shut the Cardinals down and then just do enough on offence. Let me take you back oh, to like week this. seven. I like this. Wembley Stadium. Twickenham Stadium. Was I there? You were there. That's the one I, that's the one I did for the TalkSport. That was the evening game, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I was there. The phantom field goal game. It was cold. It was a cold game. <laughs> Piss off. <laughs> but I will take you back to that. It's 33 to nothing lost for the Cardinals against the Rams. The Cardinals don't forget this. Bruce Arians doesn't forget this the cardinals will bounce back and take care of business <laughs> I, I love that you're just picking against all of the favorites this week i'm a big fan of it ollie <laughs> they will take care of business and make ram stew just so you know ollie is going to win this week 35 games back on the <laughs> uh, <laughs> um the Detroit Lions going up against the Baltimore Ravens. This is a really intriguing matchup. Two six and five teams, two teams who very much will feel like they are in contention in the playoffs. I mean, the Ravens obviously are because the AFC is so tawdry. I just think the Lions have some have. What's the? Did we decide the Lions did have a tough run in or not? I can't remember the other day when we got so in depth on oh, the. We really uh, went in depth. We really, really went in depth on that, and I think just because we all got so excited, the Lions, even with their relatively easy run in, I just ten and six might not be enough for a wild card place. You might not. You might also need. There's going to be a ten and six team who might miss out in the NFC. Well, the NFC South. I mean, you can go back and listen to it. It was very confusing at the time, but the NFC South will take games off each other. So it could be that a ten and six does go through. Depends how your record is, especially since the NFC North and the NFC South played each other. How those head-to-head matchups line up, and therefore the Lions. I, I can't. Really, it is here's my. They fe- could. Ha- it could happen. It is my feeling on this game. Is you've got strength on strength on one side of the ball. You've got the Lions' offense has generally been their strength this season. The Ravens' defense has obviously been their strength this season. But Detroit can't really run the ball. And the Ravens have allowed just 39 points over their last four games. I think we might see the Ravens win a really ugly, low-scoring game of football. I have picked the Ravens. Do you want to change it now? No. No, I'm picking the Ravens. But I'm also going to throw in a little uh, prediction. Ooh. I think Joe Flacco gets benched for Ryan Mallett, who then leads the team to a win. 
<laughs> I don't think that's ever happening. I don't like. I I just don't think John Harbaugh could bench Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's been awful. Yeah, he awful. has been awful. But I I think the way that he's led that team over the last two years, I I love it, Ollie. But I really can't see it happening. I'm sorry. If it happens, will you give me your Sam Allardyce winnings? Uh, no, <laughs> not even in the slightest. I told you I'll buy dinner. Dinner's on me. Oh, next, don't be silly. Next time we're out. Alex Collins has been playing brilliantly for the Ravens. Um, did he you is not he... put a bet on it, by the way? What? The Allardyce. Who didn't? Did you not? Did you put? Did you have money on it? Yeah, of course. I thought you didn't for a minute. I know John Jackson didn't, and is feeling very bad about of it. Of course I did. I'm annoyed that I didn't put twenty quid on it. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad that you've. I'm glad that you got some something out of it as well. Because I remember it happened with was it Ian Holloway where you didn't, and then yeah, I, I wasn't annoyed because I didn't. I, back then, I really didn't bet. Uh, let me put this to you though, my the person who gave me the tip, yeah, didn't put a bet on it, but she's saying, oh, you've got to get me uh, a bottle of champagne next time we go out. You've got to buy a bottle of champagne for everybody. Is that right? No. I don't think that's right. It's, it's her own fault for, for... Well, that's what I've told her. Having a, not an inside track, but having a, you know an idea that that was going to happen. and Yeah, because there's no inside tracks. We're just a bit of a hunch. Mm. But um, never inside tracks. But Well, it can't be. It took them five weeks to appoint someone, and he went back for two separate interviews. Exactly. And he ruled himself out of the job. Yeah. So there's no inside track. Nine it's million a year. That's a That's... College football money. That's silly money, isn't, isn't it? it? Should we get away from this and keep talking about Ravens Lions? Yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, is it? I mean, the line. Yeah, the Lions' run game just isn't good enough. That's my problem. I mean, the the Ravens' offense is up there with the Dolphins as being one of the worst in the league. The Dolphins and the Browns. Those three teams well, might have the Browns, worst offense in football. Browns have been putting up points. Yeah, they, those teams might have the worst offenses in football. Uh, I just think at home with that defense, with the Lions not able to run the ball, it's. I like to predict it one of these every week. It's one of these 12-9 horrible games <laughs> where, yeah, if, <laughs> there's an undertake it. Um, Chet's Chiefs. Darrell Revis going up against his former team. The Chets Chiefs. Chets, Chets Chiefs. The, now, the, the Chets Chiefs game. Is this the New York Jets revenge game? Yeah, 100%. That's, that's what it is. Definitely. It's not the Darrell Revis revenge game. It's the New York Jets revenge game. I mean, Darrell game. Revis is essentially still being paid by the Jets. Exactly. So may, maybe he should throw this game. Like, has an, a really easy inception coming straight towards him with the game on the line. Just be like, oh... My six million dollars or five and a half million of my six million dollars are coming from New York. I should just bat this one to the ground instead of catching it. Yeah. Uh, or try and look like I'm catching it, but bobble it. You know, sell it a little bit, Darrell. Um, yeah, I'm not. Sorry, are you, are you saying that Darrell Reeves should throw a game? <laughs> Absolutely not. Is that not. what you're suggesting here? I mean, if it's worth five and a half million pounds, then yeah. I mean, wow. From a man that, that uh, gets employed by gambling companies... <laughs> You're saying, you're saying, so a man that actually takes money for from gambling companies for tips, you're saying that he should throw a game. Of course he shouldn't throw a game. You are an absolute disgrace. Is there, do you think the Chiefs, who clearly have a better roster than the Jets, clearly are a better football team talent-wise, do you think there's any chance that they get off this schneid in New York this week and start to rebuild their their season? Because... They are a mess right now. And the Buffalo Bills made them look as such. Yeah. I will tell you for why that they will. In every single fantasy lineup that I have, I've taken out. uh, Tell (laughs) you for why. I've taken out every single chief because I believe that will then get them better so that I can put them back for the playoffs. So you're taking a loss in order to help the chiefs out. Yeah. What a guy. I know. I know. What a great guy you are. But it, it... it can't like the Philadelphia Eagles can't keep on winning. I just I just don't believe everything can keep going their way and they can keep playing brilliantly. They must have an off day at some point. The same must be said for the Chiefs, where they've been abysmal for five out of six straight weeks, probably six out of six straight weeks, and managed to scrape that that victory. I think the Chiefs will be able to to. Um, reverse their fortune and get out of their slump. If the Chiefs continue to look as bad this week against the Jets, win or not, on offence, they only put up 15 points. A field goal, a couple of touchdowns, missed two-point conversions, something like missed, missed extra points, however that works. And they might, even if they come out with the win, you see them going down the stretch the last four games, Raiders at home, Chargers, 
Dolphins, Broncos, all eminently winnable games. Yep. One great defence in there in the Chargers. One, in theory, great defence in the Broncos, although they've not been playing up to the right level this year. Terrible defence in the Raiders. Any thought that you go Pat Mahomes if Alex Smith doesn't prove himself this week? No. Do you want to elaborate on that? Just no. This is a guy who was in the conversation for MVP in the first five weeks of the season. He's still got it. I think some of the play calling has been not good. You're right. His progressions through reads and missing wide open players is, is has been catastrophic for them in the last five, six weeks. But I still don't think Andy Reid uh, gets rid of him. What about you? Interesting. I uh, know. I, I'm you with, love I, Alex Smith. I don't think. I don't think Alex. I don't think Andy Reid does. I think you're right. I'm just wondering whether you would do it. Oh, if I personally would do it, of course I would. I love Pat Mahomes <laughs> in a heart. I don't know whether I've told this, uh, but I saw his seven touchdown game against uh, <laughs> against Baylor for Texas Tech. You did indeed. Um, seven hundred and ninety yards through. No, it wasn't that much. Do but... you know what? Every week I pick the Chiefs, and it's been killing me in the last six weeks. <laughs> So I might I might do what you've done. I love that. Take the Jets, knowing that it's probably going to lead to a Chiefs win. So what I've done so it's the opposite. So what I've done is I've taken the Chiefs but removed all my fantasy players from the lineup. Well, I've got no Chiefs in fantasy really. You have no uh, Kareem, Chiefs. Kareem Hunt in a couple of leagues, but yeah, you've dropped him though from your your, your starting lineup. One hundred percent, the dynasty leagues. Yeah, yeah. You just stay. He's on, out of there. You stay on that bench for next year, buddy. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm going to say the Jets. I'm right. going to say the Jets' front is good. I'm going to say that their linebackers have been playing well above their station. I'm going to say that I want to see Robbie Anderson lined up over Darrell Revis. I think Marcus Peters will probably travel with Robbie Anderson. 100% but... he should line up over Darrell Revis. But, but if they get that matchup, you get one-on-one there. Josh, there's only one direction you're throwing in, young man. Old man. Old man McCown. And that's straight at Robbie Anderson because he will. He is going to torch Darrell Reeves if he gets that matchup at any point in this game. Marcus Peters normally lines Bold up. Bold prediction: Robbie Anderson gets a fifty-yard-plus touchdown in this game over Darrell Reeves. Oh, okay, it wasn't that bold when you said fifty-yard touchdown, but over Darrell Reeves, yeah, Reeves, yeah, okay, Reeves, Reeves Philbin, yeah, over Reeves Phil. If they played him at cornerback, he'd definitely be. It, it, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Uh, let's do Titans Texans. By the way, have we agreed on anything yet? No, I don't think so, but I quite do, like it. Do you it. think the Bucks are going to beat the Packers? Uh, no, I do think Okay, so that's the win. only one we've agreed I on. I think the Packers are going to win. Uh, the Tennessee Titans welcome the Houston Texans into their building. The Texans at 4-7. and seven. The Titans at 7-4. and four. Now atop the AFC South, thanks to having the uh, the decider over uh, the Jaguars after beating them earlier this season. Um, Houston, by the way, let's not forget, absolutely smashed Tennessee. 57-14 earlier this season. But there's no Deshaun Watson this time. I don't see Tommy Savage putting up a 50-burger on anybody. But I still think that they're they're a full-touchdown favourites, Tennessee. And they were bad against the Colts last week. If it hadn't been for Marlon Mack fumbling the ball and Tennessee falling on it inside, practically on the Indianapolis goal line, but certainly inside their own red zone, then I think Tennessee probably lost that game last weekend. Any thoughts that there's an, with another divisional battle on the line that the Texans might go in there and do the job? <laughs> I quite like that. Tom Savage played well last week. Mm-hmm. Just going to say that. Put that out there. De- DeAndre Hopkins is brilliant. That that cops. Sorry, the um uh the Titans secondary. I don't think is particularly good at all. There is a chance. I, I'm saying there's a chance. But are you taking them? No, I'm taking the Titans. Oh, I'm taking the Titans as well. This is really disappointing, Ollie. Can we just take the Texans? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to bait you into making bad choices. Uh, what do you mean, bad choices? <laughs> what is this? Um, Marcus Mariota, I think, through four interceptions against Pittsburgh two weeks ago, two again against Indianapolis. Um, the Texans' defense, Jadavian Clowney, by the way, was incredible last week. <laughs> but the Titans' offensive line is much better than what he faced last week. I, I fancy Marcus Mariota to pick himself up, dust himself off, and have a much better game this week. And do you know what you need to do, Tennessee? Do you know how you're going to win this game? I'm just going to move the mic away. Run the ball with Derrick Henry! People outside of the studio saw me, heard me do that and turned around <laughs> then. Um... It's an absolute disgrace. It's honestly an absolute disgrace. 
how like going to DeMarco Murray on the one yard line was a disgrace. But going to DeMarco Murray at all in that game. In the last Titans drive, DeMarco Murray had about three or four really good carries and actually got his total up to the day for like 20. Before that, he had something like eight carries for minus one yard. Brilliant. And a touchdown. Yeah. Just uh, Derrick Henry is so by far the more talented runner at this point. I just can't understand why they keep going back to Murray. Anyway, Colts, Jags, choose. Jags. Jags are nine and a half point favourites in this game. That's too much. And the Colts were much better against the Titans last week and lost through their own means. But basically, they charged it. But I just that defence against this Colts offence, they should beat them by 40 points this week. They shouldn't beat them by nine points. They should absolutely... The Jags need a big statement win and they should absolutely stomp all over the Colts this week. Nope. But I don't think they're going to do it. They won't do it because they've got Blake Bortles, Come quite on. frankly. Yeah. Look, I know the love for him still runs deep for you. There's still something <laughs> uh, There's still something way, way back there. But he's awful. Absolutely Why? awful. Why has he thrown the ball like an average of 35 times over the last few weeks? I don't know. Like, Leonard Fournette should carry the ball more times than Blake Bortles throws it in every single game. Yeah. Every single game. And rotating in a bit of Yeldon and a bit of... Uh, and a bit of um, fumble ivory, fumble ivory as well. Like really, genuinely, they should carry the ball more times than they throw it in any game, even if they're behind. Still carry the ball more, and that's been their big problem. But I think at home with the defense dominant, they'll go back to that run game, and we'll see more of the Jags we saw earlier in the season. That's what I fancy. So yeah, definitely. Why is there a dog outside the studio? Yeah, why is there a dog outside? It's a really uh, jump uppery dog. Yeah, it's a really but- enthusiastic dog. That tail is going absolutely nuts. If you're not a dog person, the worst thing is is when a dog jumps up at you. Oh, I thought that there was a there's a girl with a guitar who's obviously gone into the show. Uh, who's obviously gone into the show? This is the women's uh, hour show, whatever it's called. On they're, they're uh, all waving at us on now. Virgin Radio. Hi, how are you doing? Um, <laughs> Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> you're the worst. Oh my god! There's a hey. uh, really cute girl who's she just given so us a little cute. thing. Did you notice what she was wearing? No. So really cute girl. She had that shaved side of the head and then that oh, blonde yeah, fringe. Thing. Yeah, yeah, she was yeah. really attractive. She was wearing a Washington jacket, you know, with the full name on it. Oh, no. Oh. She was so cute as well. Oh, man. Disappointing. Really disappointing. And she plays guitar and... Ollie fell briefly in love. Maybe she doesn't know. And, and has now fallen totally out of love. Maybe she Why doesn't... don't you go and teach her, Ollie? Because women love it when you instruct them on what they should do. To go and talk really down to her and just be completely condescending. Can you? Because you're great at that. Can you stop the podcast? (laughs) I'm not stopping the podcast. Sit back down. We've got to get through the rest of the games. Did we pick Jags Colts? I can't even remember anymore now. Yeah, Uh, we picked Jags Colts. I think Jags are going to boat race them. I think it's going to be a big. You've said that about seven times. Yeah, fine. (laughs) Some of them were edited out after (laughs) after you went on a Brexit rant. (laughs) I really did. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, was a deserved Brexit rant. But yeah, the thing I was going to say to you about that is the, <laughs> sorry the you're going to reference yeah. something <laughs> that people haven't heard <laughs> the cost of brexit is uh, the cost of being in the eu equated to about two pounds per week per person and that's not to take into account all of the positives we got back from it are you telling me that with the way that the pound has dived and the cost of grocery shopping that you aren't paying more than two pounds per week more on your weekly shop than you were before you've already lost money by voting for brexit you've ruined it or use the word ollie used which made us decide to go back and edit all of this podcast (sighs) i got off my chest now now i feel better about it can i tell you that uh 57 billion pounds divided by the country of six sixty million is 95 pounds well done everyone great work that's how much it's cost that you have cost me now the bills at six and five host the new england patriots and off the back of this week we, we've been talking about the bills as a potential playoff team after they had their good bounce back win last week over the chiefs and after this week they've got colts at home dolphins at home Patriots on the road, but then Dolphins on the road. Three eminently winnable games. Eminently. So they could go nine and seven with relative ease and lose both the games to the Patriots. And I think they're certainly going to lose both the games to the Patriots because there's no way that I'm picking the Bills at home this weekend. Um, Any way you see the Bills winning? They play their divisional rivals tough or something like that. Any justification? They played the Chiefs tough last week, didn't they? 
Uh, Clara Taylor's back. LaShawn McCoy's having a really good year. Still one of my favourite running backs in the league. Um, but no. Good. Just no. I, I, the, the Patriots are too strong. We've talked about the Patriots too much. Their already. defense is really good at the moment. The San Francisco 49ers at 1-10 and 10 travel to face the 3-8 and eight Bears. A pointless game of football, I hear you say. Well, it's going to be nil-nil. But not pointless. <laughs> Very good. Ooh, yee. That joke. <laughs> A meaningless game of football, I hear you say. <laughs> but oh no, it's not meaningless. Because the prettiest quarterback in all of football is going to be starting under centre for the San Francisco 49ers. You're going to make a Mitchell Trubisky joke. I could see you just brimming up ready for it. Oh, Jimmy God. Garoppolo is here, everybody. And I think it means the San Francisco 49ers are going to win. It's the era of Garoppolo. I'll tell you why I think they're going to win. And it's not just down to ludicrous hubris over a quarterback we've only seen play two and a half games of football. It's much more about the fact that the Bears' defence have fallen completely off a cliff the last few weeks. Do you remember how tough the Bears at home this season were playing absolutely brilliantly? Like, the, the, the result over Pittsburgh was amazing, and they took a load of other teams really tough at home and were playing... Um, uh, playing just brilliantly there. I mean, the Panthers' result was amazing. Uh, the I just I was really really enjoying watching the Bears in action, and uh, and then I know you never enjoy watching the Bears in action. Uh, and then the defense. Well, I did last week. The last few weeks injuries. It's just got very very messy, and I think that it means Garoppolo can go in there and and do something with this team. How's your run defense? Without we look, we've lost we've lost a lot of our front. We are missing a number of players who've gone out on IR, etc., which does cause a problem. It's not right at the bottom of the league, but it's not great. But then Jordan Howard got like five yards last week. Yeah, the the Bears were absolutely stuffed by the Eagles' run defense, uh, run wise. They, I think it was their lowest, second lowest total in their entire inception as uh, as an NFL side. So they're they're wounded. It's like they've been caught in a a bear trap and they're limping along to the final ends of the season just to go go and find somewhere and die. So, you know. just so brutal. I know, it really was brutal. (laughs) I really, really felt the pain on behalf of the Bears Bears fans that listen because of my hatred towards them. I do apologise to to those guys. You're not bad people. 49ers, 27th. Against the uh, against the ro- against uh, the total defense on the year, but just twenty second worst rush defense. Oh, so okay. I have also picked the Forty ers Wow, yeah. this is amazing. But I think I've picked the Forty ers four out of the last five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> How many one. wins have you had? You got the one. <laughs> one. <Yeah. laughs> I really appreciate the support, though, mate. Yeah. Um, the Denver Broncos face off with the Miami Dolphins in the. <laughs> <laughs> bowl uh, at Hard Rock Stadium. Um, I think the, very good. the Denver Broncos have lost seven consecutive games, their longest skid in 50 <laughs> years, whilst the Dolphins have lost five in a row. It's a skid longer than John Elway's pants when he realised how many crap quarterbacks he's signed. And it's a lot of them. Uh, Simeon back in the centre this week, though, and I think that's going to be enough to get the Broncos a win. Oh, crap. That's exactly the same reason I've got. Well, should we just move on then? Yeah. Let's just roll through these last few because there are some bad football matches. No Damian Williams, maybe, so it will be all on Kenyon Drake Um, for the Dolphins. The Giants and their hamstrung offence head to face the Raiders with no wide receivers to speak of. In Oakland, five and six, the Giants at two and nine. Seth Roberts. Corderell Patterson. A return man, not a wide receiver. Whoa, 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 whoa. Jared Cook. Jared Cook could actually have a really big game this week. Just whoa, because whoa, there's whoa, nobody whoa. else to throw to and the Giants haven't been very good this year. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, can't think of any more. The problem here is that all there is that I really want to talk about this game is the fact that I think Geno Smith is going to go into Oakland and have a better game than Eli Manning has had any of the last five weeks. And it's going to be hilarious. Yeah. People really took against how... Like, we had quite a few people tweeting us saying that they disagreed with us on the last podcast. Uh, By us, I mean probably specifically me. Maybe a little bit of Sherry. I went quite hard on the anti-Giants sentiment last week. Anti-Giants fan sentiment last week. That the Eli Manning was was absolutely the right decision. And that he's not an upgrade on Blake Balls if the Jags sign him. So, if Gino gets better stats this week than Manning's managed over the last five weeks on the road... I'm going to really enjoy it.
I mean, yeah. It was. Uh, it was I'm just a terrible human. Being. It was just the way they did it. I mean, we said it last last on the last show. It's just the way that they did it. It was the right decision. It's just the way they did it. Who are you taking? I'm going to take Oakland in this. I'm game. taking Oakland just because the Giants. Are Giants have a better defense. Oakland have a better offense, even without wide receivers, of which New York don't have any wide receivers either. I nearly forgot a game. I know it's happened once already this season. Sorry, just once already so, this uh, season. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, just once. Um, Are you sure? Obviously, Monday Night Football is still to talk about, and I already had that ready to go. Um, the Cleveland Browns at 0-11 travelled to face the San Diego Chargers at 5-6. and Don't forget. The Chargers are the one team that lost to the Browns last season in their 1-15 and year. Can they repeat the feat, Ollie? No. We're in... Well, I don't know how the Cleveland Browns fans travel, but we could see a stadium with about 10,000 people in it. The, the Chargers are 5-1 uh, are over the last six games, though. And I think a few people might turn up to this game. Josh Gordon's back. That's, that's a draw. You know, that's a great point. Josh Gordon's back. Wow. Josh Gordon. And who, he will play. Hugh Jackson said he will play as much as I can get him to play. They're not going to limit his his touches to 30% or whatever. No snap count. Not, that's exactly what I meant. That's that's incredible. And every time he's come back from suspension so far, and that's a lot of times, he's actually bounced back and been really good immediately. I just, I, you know, Keenan Allen was so good over the last couple of weeks. I think he and Philip Rivers are going to touch this Browns defense again. And then up front, the Browns actually, I thought their offensive line was better last week than it had been in a few weeks and actually didn't give up as, as much as they have been in recent times. But Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, 32 sacks on the year for that whole defense. Uh, they've got no chance. No chance at all. I think... Go over on the 13.5 point um, handicap that it is at the moment. If, you, if you're incl- that way inclined, please gamble responsibly. And finally, Steelers, Bengals, Monday Night Football. The bad blood in this game has always existed. Baby, we got bad blood. Good, good Taylor did, Swift song. Did right? not expect you to sing Taylor Swift then. Um, it's a good song, though. It's a, it's a great song. <laughs> it's a really good song. Um, isn't it about Katy Perry as well? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Look at our pop knowledge. Uh, Steelers, Bengals. It's mainly thanks to your wife. Bad blood, mine has as been well. <laughs> in no way. Uh, I think it's the highest it's ever been between these two teams. And that's really saying something. After that playoff game that led to suspensions, with Vontae's perfect being basically a dreadful human being, uh, they've, the the Bengals haven't beaten the Steelers at home in four and a half years. Wow. They, they I think it's five consecutive home losses to the Steelers because there's the playoff game as well. I think that uh, that that goes, or it might be four consecutive losses. Whichever it is, I think it gets notched up to another loss. Uh, but the Steelers, interestingly, offensively, have only gone over 30 points once this season. With all the weapons they've got, I really want to see them come out on Monday Night Football and prove that they've got what it takes to, to go up in the AFC against the Patriots and actually prove themselves. From the Bengals' perspective, they beat the Browns last week. That's yep. good. Yep. They got the run going. Joe Mixon, 100-plus yards mm-hmm. and a touch. I, you know, there's some positivity for the Bengals. Defense is, it always plays hard, especially in these AFC North games. I just, I'm not going to overthink it. I think it's going to be a... The better a, team wins. I think the better team wins. Yeah, Simple I'm with you that. on that. I'm with you on that. You know, if I was being contrary, I'm, I may go for the Bengals, but I'm not going to be on this occasion. Pittsburgh to win. And I, I really like the, the Pittsburgh offense. They're great, great fun to watch. This has felt like a weird podcast today. A little bit all over the shop. Uh, a little bit more ramshackle than usual. It's been a while since we've had guests on as well. I'm going to try and get some guests for next week, I've decided. Didn't you say last week... I was going to try and get guests for this week. There was a surprise. Like you, uh, There's a couple of players coming on. and Yeah. Got full of hubris. And yeah. it didn't happen. Although, uh, one thing that's going to be exciting... Takeo Spikes is coming over to the UK... Uh, to work Ooh. with Sky. He's doing the Sky coverage over the next few weeks. Former Chargers, Bengal, 49er. There's at least one more team he played for. Linebacker. Um, have you seen the games that Sky have got on this weekend? Oh, it's, uh, it, it's they've, they've, an they've, NFC fest. Why can't the the games that the Bills, Sky... The for the Bills. Why can't the games that the Sky Eagles. choose be like the games that get flexed in and out? Why can't it, why can't it be like that? For Sunday night football and Monday night football and stuff. Uh, we've got a good Sunday night game this week. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great, what a great day for NFL fans this Sunday is. Oh, it's so good. So they've got the 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 Vikings Falcons game. They've got 
the and they can be listening to Panthers to Saints. Jags on radio at the same time. You can time. have the Jags on radio at the same time, and then when that game finishes, you can hear me, Will, and Greg Brady before the. St- Eagles versus the Seahawks. It's brilliant. It's going to be a great weekend. I'm really looking forward to it, Ollie, and especially because it means I get to spend more time with you. Oh, isn't it just? Love you, buddy. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Get in touch with us at Gridiron on Twitter. Touchdown Trips. Ben's going to come on next week. Got some exciting bits and pieces of news to discuss. So he'll come on and we'll talk some uh, some Sunday night football uh, and Monday night football, whenever. When are the Ravens playing? I'm sure they're on primetime next week. We'll talk about it either way. Uh, no, haven't they been on prime time? They're gonna, no, they're on. They've got they've got the game with the Steelers next weekend. It's Ugh. next week, Sunday night football. Uh, so, Ollie, any final thoughts? None. In which case, thank you very much for listening. This has been the Gridiron Show. Vodafone Five G will have the power to change your world, from driverless cars to virtual reality and real time gaming. That's why we're rolling out five G across the UK. Discover Vodafone 5G on the UK's best mobile data network. The future's exciting. Ready? Vodafone. Enperf testing awarded Vodafone best 2019 mobile internet performance based on 35,664 tests on the Enperf app in the UK. Coverage may vary. Visit vodafone.co.uk.